0: For Father's Day, I uh, thought I would talk a little about faith. Faith is this huge thing in, in our lives. Throughout scriptures, if you look at the Bible, over and over and over, God is wanting to do something in, in people's lives, and it requires this this big, huge component is called faith. I mean, so we're going to be talking about that. Yeah, taste and see. We'll get to what that means in a little bit. You might be asking, sometimes you, all of us go through things in life. There's challenges we face, you know, and it's not, maybe not every single day, but throughout the week, there'll be things that pop up that we just don't like, that maybe make us a little uncomfortable, that irritate us, that bug us things that challenge us, that um, make us, you know, just maybe upset, uh, maybe they can make us angry, whatever. You, you guys may know this, and you might, you might ask yourself this question sometimes, why do I have to go through this? Like, you might be asking yourself, you might be asking God, sometimes you ask your, your, your neighbors or your family, like, why do I have to go through this? Um, so, today, if you're new to church, uh, kind of the approach for the grow is we like to help people that, are, that don't have, maybe have never been to church kind of understand what we're all about, what the, what the Bible's all about in a simple way, we're going to be talking about what it means to have faith and to believe. And a lot of times we go through things. So um, maybe you came unsure. Maybe you're not even sure if you can believe in a God. Maybe you're not sure what is after this world and you have questions. That might be you here today and you're thinking, man, I don't know what I, exactly I believe. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but, but there's nothing greater in our life uh, that, that, is, that is more important than than faith to think about. What I mean by that is um, the claims the Bible makes about this life being like I mean, they say it's like, the words it uses is we're like a vapor. Like we just, we're going to fade away. And life goes really quickly, all right? So one of the best things you want to investigate is what's next. And the Bible has a lot to talk about it. It says this is not all there is to to life. This is not what it's all about. This is just a season. This is just a time. And for us, it's a short time. Um, I mean, 70 years, 80 years, that's the average. But but in reality, when we look at that compared to what the Bible talks about, eternity, And forever, it's just a a blip on the radar. It's just a tiny little thing. And so this is worth our time to investigate and really ask the question for ourselves, what's next? For our families and our kids, man, I want them to to follow God. I want them to to understand what he has for them. So when it comes to faith and it comes to to, um, discovering what God has for us, I think this is the most important issue of of our lives. Uh, Because out of this, everything else will begin to uh, make sense or not make sense. Um, if we don't believe there's a God, well, then everything we go through, what is the point of it? What are we going to face? How are we going to get through it? Um, and when we live from that stance, life doesn't make sense. But when we begin to understand and seek this and say, all right, what, what's your plan? So we're going to go through things. And a lot of times we'll ask, why do I have to go through this? A lot of times we follow that up with, um, can you please get me out of this? Right? Can you please get, I don't want to be in this anymore. This is not fun. I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. Can you please rescue me? Get me out of this situation because it's not fun. Why do I have to go through this? Can you please get me out of this? So one of the guys I learned, there's a pastor in Texas I learned from one of my mentors. He talks about this principle called growing your pain threshold. All right? Specifically, he's talking to me as a pastor. because He's trying to relate to me what I, what I go through. And this is what he says. He says, um, in my life, I will only be as good as the, the amount of pain that I'm able to tolerate. Um, So if a little pain is going to sideline me, like if a difficulty that comes my way, it's small, well, that's as big as my life is ever going to grow to. It's going to be like, example, typically in churches, about 20% of people that go to churches, they want to change something about the church. They don't like what's happening. What's great about the Grove is we haven't found that yet because we're, we're, we're so solid on what we're trying to accomplish. People understand very quickly, okay, I fit or I don't fit, and I like what's happening here, or I, I want something different. And we bless those people. We're not against that. There's, there's a lot of great churches in Santa Fe who do it different than us, and we celebrate them because they're pointing people to Christ. But our approach is different and unique. And so they typically in a church, they say 20% of people won't like it. And those 20 people typically will send really bad emails and write nasty letters, and um, they'll always want to tell you what they don't like about it and how to fix things. And there's that percentage there that that is always going to be there that he says in churches. And so he says that's not necessarily the problem. The problem is how we deal with those 20. So I don't think I've ever seen 20% in our church, maybe a couple of people, and a lot of times they don't stay because we're able to explain. We understand why you don't like that or why you don't like this, but this is why we're doing it. And we have a plan, and and there's a purpose to it. So um, as we talk and dialogue, the the problem is not the 20%. It's how we respond to the 20%. Because the pastor said, all right, Eric, so it's kind of like this. If you have 100 people, which is we're averaging about 110 people come every week, so 20% of that, out of 110, there's going to be about uh, 11 people, right, 12 people. um, No, that's more. 20-some people, 20%, not 10%, 20 people that are going to come to you constantly saying, can you change this, can you fix this, I don't like this, I don't like that. He says, if you can't handle the 20 people now with the 100 people you have, why would you want to have 1,000 people? You're not going to be able to handle the 200 people that are going to come to you. Like if the 20 people and the the difficulty of 20 people are going to overwhelm you and and sideline you and stop you, how how are you going to be able to handle 200 people coming to you all the time saying, I don't like that? I'm like, oh, I get it. That's your pain threshold. So the answer is not, let's get upset at the 20 people that are complaining. Let's figure out how to work with them and how to help them. And let's grow our pain threshold to say, hey, this is why we do the way we do. And, and answer those and, and help them understand why we do things. That way we grow our pain threshold. So this is how it applies to you in life, all right? So in, in, your, in your family, uh, what, what issues are you facing? Well, maybe it's a financial thing. That's going to be your pain threshold. So if having a little bit of a bill that come up unexpectedly knocks you out and, and makes you want to sleep all day, well, it wouldn't be wise then to ask God for more finances because more finances brings more challenges, right? And so in work, if if you're working with, if you're a manager and you have five employees, right, or ten employees, and, and you have two that really bug you, well, don't ask God to grow your business because those two are going to grow to four or six. Does that make sense? And so part of the thing is we're going to go through things. So the answer is not try to get rid of all the things we go through. Rather, how can we grow through the things that we go through? How can we grow through the difficulties and the challenges that we face? There's debt. If there's, if there, if our marriage, we have challenges in our marriage. If we have um, whatever it is at work in life, the things that we go through as as students, you know, when when you go to school and and they ask you to do do homework. And, well, if you don't like doing homework, you know, now at 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, you know, an hour of homework. And don't ask God to make you a doctor or anything like that because you're going to have a ton more stuff, Right. The answer is, how can I grow my pain threshold for homework? And understand, this is a part of what it's going to take to get to that next level of what God is asking me to be or what I desire to be. And so today, I really want to talk about when it comes to faith, man, we need to learn to grow our pain threshold. So, how many of you guys have ever gone through a painful moment? Yeah? This last week. How many of you guys have gone through something painful this last week? And you're like, oh, man, this is difficult. All right. The answer is not to say, all right, get me out of this situation, right? It's to say, how can I grow in this? In fact, James, well, let's talk about faith. This is what it says about faith. You got the next one for me. In Hebrews, Hebrews 11:6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So the writer of Hebrews, in this chapter 11, I would encourage you to write it. If you're in the middle of difficulties, man, one of the things that God wants to do in your life is, is grow your faith. In fact, I believe the reason you're going through the difficulty is so that God can grow your faith. And this is why I say that in the book of James, he says, consider it joy. When you go through difficulties, when you go through trials and challenges, why? Because those challenges are going to produce faith in your life. So he's saying what you go through difficult times, challenges, those are actually good for you. It's going to grow you. It's like somebody's working out, you know, resistance. If you have no resistance, you know, you've seen these commercials. These guys have nothing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, they're not really doing anything to their muscles, to their body because there's no resistance but you get some weight on there and you're starting to struggle, well, then your, your muscles are actually going to start responding by saying, oh, wow, this hurts. I need to grow some more muscles. I need, to, I need to now get behind this and start growing. And resistance actually makes us stronger. It's the same thing when it comes to our spiritual journey, our spiritual walk. God allows us to go through things so that we can grow stronger. So when we challenge something, it's not like this is a bad thing that God doesn't love us and, and makes us go through something challenging. We're like, man, you're not even with me. He's No, it's It's the reverse. God can trust you with this. He's letting you go through it so you can grow beyond that. And each thing that you face and challenge is going to help you grow beyond that. So in Hebrews, it's saying, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I love the fact that in in Hebrews um, 11, 1, they actually says, this is what faith is, all right? Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. He defines faith for us. The, The author says, this is what faith is. It's being sure of what we hope for. It's like we have this hope and we understand. We t- song, sing about it, the last song saying, there's hope is the an anchor for my soul. It's in God. So we have this, this, uh, this being sure and a certainty in something that we don't even see. That's what faith is. It's like we just know that we know that we know there's something beyond this. We know that we know that God is at work beyond what we can see and comprehend in my life. On a daily basis, week after week, we get stories from people that come to church and say, man, I encountered what you talked about. Man, my faith is growing. I prayed for somebody. We had some uh, students go to camp last week, two weeks ago. They went to summer camp. And our students were praying for a girl that had, um, I forgot the name of the thing now, on her feet. tendonitis, tendonitis on her feet for, since she was born, I think, right? Is that correct? And, and they began to pray for her. And this girl had a problem walking. And, and as they began to pray, God did something miraculous. All right? We believe in miracles. He healed her, and her tendonitis went away. And she, she, she ran for the first time in, I think it was a year, she said she hadn't, she hadn't been able to walk because the pain comes in. She can't even hardly walk. She played games that week. You know what that did to our students? Their faith went like, whoa, this is cool. Like, you can't explain this. It's like, I can't take credit for healing this girl's leg. Like, I didn't give her medicine. I didn't give her anything. Just God just did something amazing. And we get stories like this all the time where people say, all right, Man, I, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. I'm going to trust God. And then God begins to show up. And they say, I'm going to trust God with this. And God does more in their lives. He leads them on this journey over and over. Well, it's, called, it's faith. It's being sure of what we hope for and of certain of what we do not see. Martin Luther King Jr. says it like this. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. It's faith. You have to go out and say, all right, I believe God's asked me to do this. I'm going to do this. It's a step. It's a, it's a step of faith. So in the Bible, one of the greatest stories that we, we see, um, in fact, it even says because of this man's faith, it was counted to him righteousness. This is found in Genesis 15. It's a story about this man named Abram. All right? uh, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which is the father of the faith. God starts his journey with Abram, who lived in, in, in a, uh, where he lived. God says, I'm going to take you out of this land. I'm going to lead you to this unknown land. Would you trust me? I want to bless you so you can be a blessing to the world. That's, why, that's what, how started, God starts with him. I want to bless you, Abraham, so that your descendants and you, your people can be a blessing to the world. That's the conditions. I'm going to bless you, but it's not just for you. It's so the world can be blessed through you. And we talk about this a lot. God is always looking for those people that he can bless so that others can be blessed through them or through us. So the story goes on. In Genesis 15, God, God shows up to Abraham. He invites Abraham to take this journey into a different land. All right? So he leaves his what is known. He leaves the unknown and, and steps out in faith, saying, all right, God, I'm going to believe that you want, you're going to do something amazing here. And he goes to this other land. Well, years later, God shows up again to, to reconfirm what he asked him in the beginning. And this is what he says in chapter 15 of Genesis. He says, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. God is saying, I want relationship with you. I want to lead you. Don't be afraid. And I'm pretty sure there's a reason he told Abraham that. Because the line he was going into in the time they lived, you wouldn't just do this. Because when you go into any kind of unknown territory, the surrounding villages, you know, they would see that and they'd say, hey, that's easy picking. Let's go get all the sheep. Let's take, let's take his kids for our slaves. So in the middle of his journey, he was having to go through some treacherous terrain, going into the unknown. And he says, don't be afraid, Abram. Faith a lot of times is the very enemy to. Uh, I'm sorry. Fear is the very enemy to faith. A lot of times in our in, in our lives, fear keeps us from believing. Fear keeps us from doing what God asks us to do and stepping out. Today in in this journey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a challenge. Fear might be the very thing that stops you. Don't let it stop you. Don't let fear stop you from following what God is asking us to do. You're here today and you're thinking, I don't know if I even believe in God. Well. Fear is one of those things that will keep us from doing that. Well, what if I do that? What's going to happen? How is this going to change? God is saying, would you believe? Would you step out? Because it goes on to say that. So, so he takes him on this journey. He says, all right, Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you descendants. Remember Abram, you know, Abraham means father of many. And so he's going to give him even a different name saying, I'm going to bless you with these descendants. And in this conversation in chapter 15, it says that Abram, um, he, he, God's talking to him and through a vision and, and trying to help him to see something beyond himself. He's just restating this promise he already made to him. Because Abraham stepped down in faith. But years later, in the middle of this, maybe Abraham's doubting. Maybe Abraham's going through difficult challenges. In the middle of it, God says, all right, Abram. Because this is what it says. Abraham was in his tent, all right? And he was in his tent. And God says, all right, Abram. I'm talking to you. I'm going to bless you. But I need you to do something. I need you to come out of your tent. All right? So he's living in his tent. Tents are comfortable. They're nice. They're safe. They keep us protected from the elements. A lot of our culture is built around tents. He says, Abraham, I want to, I want to do something. Come outside of your tent, and he asked him to come outside of his tent, and he says, Look up to the sky, and he says, See all the stars? That's how numerous your descendants are going to be. I'm going to give you so many descendants that you can't even count them. They're going to be so numerous. And it says, Abraham. Believe the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his, what does it say? Faith. Faith. It said like Abraham believed him. Like this idea of being, um, the, the root word is for we say amen, like let it be or we believe it, like let it be so. That's the root word there for, for, for believe is amen. All right? And so the idea is, it's kind of like a, a, my, my daughter, Nova, when she's in my arms or sincerity's arms, she believes in us, this idea of trust. She's at rest. Jordan talked about it. We need rest. She's at rest. She's at peace. Why? My dad's holding me. I can trust him. My mom's holding me. It's good. It's like this idea that he believed God so much, he says, all right, I'm going to relax. You want to do something here? I'm going to trust you. And it says it was counted him righteousness as a righteous person. Righteous per- righteousness means we're in right standing with God. It's kind of like God says, all right, because you believe you have faith, you can now have right standing standing with me before you didn't have right standing now you have right standing with me so in our culture a lot of our things are built around the mentality of a tent the worldview of a tent you know maybe it's not a small tent like this a lot of us celebrate and say you know what if you if you do this and this you'll, you'll get a really big tent it'll be like a mansion tent you know it'll be like 100 rooms in your tent man that, that's what you should strive for in life but the mentality is still a tent a tent is a tent whether it's really large or really small What's sad is a lot of times we live life inside of our tent. Maybe fearful of the world. Maybe upset that we're going through difficulties. I'm going to just run away from the weather, from the from the wind, from uh, whatever it is that we're facing. My tent is safe. I don't have to talk to people. I don't have to worry about people. Man, it's nice in here. I can sleep good. You know, so many truffles lights. I can sleep. You know, and when we live in the tent, there's there's a little bit of safety here because it's 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 known. We understand what a tent is. It's, it's, it's there's structure. There's, And our culture celebrates living in tents. In fact, I believe a lot of everything we're taught is all about making our tents more comfortable. You can buy these air mattresses that go in your tent that make you, you know, you not sleep on hard ground anymore. If you work really hard, you can buy um, an air conditioner that goes in your tent. You know, you, we can buy these solar panels that, that may give you all the power for all the comforts you need. And, and our worldview sometimes can be a tent worldview where all we see is what we know and what we experience by just that. And this is all we can know living inside of a tent. Can I tell you the first time I stepped out of the tent and said, all right, there has to be something bigger, more than this. Man, I see where my, my friends, their relationships with their parents are heading. I see where a lot of the, the behavior of my friends, where they're going. I see what the world is going to. There has to be more than just this tent. Yeah, I can invite a lot of friends into my tent. We can, we can party it up and have, have, have a good time in there. But what's beyond the tent? Some of you have lived in the tent your whole life, and God is saying, Can I, I, would you step out of the tent for a second? All right, it's going to take faith because I'm going to show you a bigger and better way to live. The tent is too small of a story to live in. There's a bigger story out there. Would you be a part of it? Would you join me in this? Is this making sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah? Tent mentality keeps us from God's best in our life. Well, they're sick. There's nothing we can do about it. That's really sad. We're going through difficulty. Well, close the door. Let's just go to sleep. Maybe it'll go away tomorrow. There's a big bear outside your, your, your tent. Yeah, close the door. Maybe it'll go away tomorrow. And God is saying, would you step outside of your tent? I can help you with that bear. Man, I have some, I have some, some tools that we can get rid of that bear. There's some the tools we can get rid of the dangers. Right? that we can, we can walk through these things together. And it says Abraham believed God. He stepped out of the tent and said, okay, God, you're showing me something bigger than what I know. See, in the known world, Abraham's known world, it was pretty small. And people didn't leave their villages. So the fact that he stepped away from the known into the unknown was a big step of faith. And in the journey, when it got hard and challenging, God came and said, All right, Abram, get us out of the tent. You're, you're trying to get him back in this tent mentality. I think you saw it the first time I showed up and talked to you. But you've kind of slipped back in here. Get out the tent. Let's look. Let's talk about this vision. Let's talk about what I, what I have for you. And it says, because he believed and trusted like a little baby in the arms of their parent. It's a state of being. It's a posture that we take that says, all right, this is not fun what we're going through, but I think maybe you're going to use this to teach me something. Now, um, there is one thing in the tent that I think it might be just worthy of, of heaven, all right? And we, we shared it with you today a little bit. We got some... We got these, uh, this great invention and creation, right? One of the best things that's ever been invented in our day and age, the Krispy Kreme donut, Right? <laughs> Does anybody not know what Krispy Kreme is in this place? Anybody? you raise your hand? I'm not going to pick you out or anything, throw, throw donuts or anything. Okay, I think everybody knows what this is, right? So Krispy Kreme is not just like a donut. It's the donut. It's the donut of donuts, all right? So Krispy Kreme is pretty awesome. It, it was started in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina. Um, their, their phone number is 1-800-4-KRISPY. That's with a K, not a C. So you have to, you know, you can't spell crispy the right way with a key. So it was 1-800-4-KRISPY. You know what their mission is? This is their mission. Our mission is to touch and enhance lives to the joy that is Krispy Kreme. That's a pretty good mission. Our vision, they say, is to be the worldwide leader in sharing delicious tastes and creating joyful memories. That's their, that's their mission. Did you know that they opened their doors in July 13th of 1937? That's a long time ago when they started their first Krispy Kreme donut, 1937. In 1945, they created the original glazed donut. That is like the donut of donuts, right? It's just an original glazed donut. It's, it's, it's Well, I'll talk about one it in a little bit. It's just amazing. It's an amazing donut. They created that in 1945. Years, um, years later, they're still going. You know, A lot of years later, the, the donut is still, is still being sold everywhere. Uh, in 1992, let me go to this next one for me. This is the birth of the hot light, right? The hot donut light. Have you ever ever experienced this? You're driving by and you see this glowing neon sign that's blinking. You say, oh, the donuts are fresh, right? They created this in 1992. It's the birth of the hot light. So if you drive by a Krispy Kreme and you see that light on, it just means like they're coming off the belt and you want to get in there because when you, like these are good donuts, but when you eat a fresh one, there's just something different about a fresh one. It's just, it's amazing. And, And these donuts are just incredible, So, um, in in this last year, they opened their 1,000th store in the United States. It's pretty awesome, right? So, here's the thing. I could talk to you all day about who Krispy Kreme is and every detail about them, and you could learn everything there is to learn about Krispy Kreme. That's great. It's good. It's knowledge. Or, you can get a donut. You can take a bite. Hmm. You can let it melt in your mouth, right? You take another bite. And all of a sudden, all the knowledge about Krispy Kreme is really not that important. Because you're having experience with a little piece of heaven. I mean, this is not just donut. This is a Krispy Kreme. A donut of donuts. I think this messed up my kids. When they ate the Krispy Kreme donut... They're like, man, I want more of those. Like, those donuts, those are all right, but those are donuts. The difference between knowledge and ex- an encounter or experience is not just knowing all the stuff about it. It's experiencing it. This is the difference between knowledge and faith. This is the difference between saying, I'm going to step out and actually try what God is asking me to try. Maybe you have the next slide for me. Next one. Psalms 34, eight says this. This is David talking. David was a king of Israel. He had a relationship with God. That the Bible talks about it was just an incredible. Man after God's... I forgot I had this hat on. It probably looked pretty funny. <laughs> man after God's own heart. This is what he writes in the Psalms. In Psalm 34, eight, he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts and takes refuge in in him. This idea for, he's saying, taste and see that the Lord is good, our God is good. It's a relationship. He's saying, man, God is awesome. He says, blessed is the man, or happy is the man, or fortunate is the man, or this man is going to be envied because he has trusted in the Lord and taken refuge in him. You can come to church every single week, you can read your Bible every single day, and you can learn everything that you know, everything that you can possibly learn about, about God and about the world. And that's good, it's important. Knowledge is important. But until you step out of the tent and say, all right, God, you're asking me to do something, I'll trust you. I'll step out in faith and I'll do this. You know, one of the things that, that a lot of churches get criticized is that they talk about money a lot. Well, the Bible talks about money a lot. You know why the Bible talks about money so much? Because it's one of the best indicators for where we put our faith and where, we, where our worldview is all about. If you want to know if you have a tent mentality or not, look how you handle your finances. It'll give you a picture of what, what it's all about. If, if the way you handle finances is all about comfort and about me, 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 that's an indication you're still living in the tent. One of the places that the Bible, because the Bible says don't put God to foolish tests, but there's one place He says test Him. In fact, when it comes to handling our finances, there's one in Malachi it says He says put the Lord to the test and see that God will open up a window so wide and blessings will pour down upon you. And it's all built around how we trust God with our finances. He says, put the God to the, put that, that test. And when we do it, we step outside the tent and say, all right, God, it's not, I'm going to trust you that you're asking me to give away this part to help others. And we step out. That's the difference between knowledge and experience and an encounter and knowing God. It's the difference between just knowing and having faith and believing in God. It's like God is saying, all right, you can talk all you want about how good things are, or you can just get one and you can take a bite. And David says, he compares it to eating something really delicious, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We're going to go through trials and challenges all the time. I don't think they'll go away. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Because when God puts us through things, he's trying to grow our faith. That's what James says. I mean, go read it. First, first chapter of James, God is trying to grow something in us so it'll produce something that's beyond us. It's like he's saying, all right, so sometimes I'll have to shake up the tent so you get out of the tent so you can see something bigger. And you can enlarge your vision. This week, you're going to have opportunities. To, when you go through challenges, you're going to face things. You can retreat to the tent and say, all right, it's all about me. Why, why me? Why, oh, me? Or you can begin to come outside and say, all right, God, I don't understand why, my, why everything in my life is being shaken, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to invite you into the middle of this to help me. Uh, go to the next slide for me. I was going to share this story, but I'm not going to share it. We're going to run out of time. ComeTooFar.com. This one is a story about this man who, um, well, go, go if, if you're interested, you like reading blogs and stuff, an incredible story about this, this Christian man um, who almost died because he, um, his liver was going out and, and he, was, he was just really bad. And his brother kind of steps up and says, um, I'll, be, I'll be a living donor. Um, and then his brother, within a few days of doing that, his brother who is healthy with, with three kids and a wife dies, and he lives. And it's his journey of being like, all right, how do, I, how do I live my life from this sacrifice of this, my brother who loved me because he gave part of his liver to me that died? And there's a story he talks about faith in this page I was going to share. This this part where he, he talks about faith and how we can choose. In the middle of this tragedy, something is happening in his life. So in the beginning, we said... Um, why do I have to go through this? Can you please get me out of this? Maybe the better question is this. What do you want me to get out of this? So it's challenging. It's difficult. Don't, don't pray right away, God, save me from this, but rather, okay, I'm going through this, God. What do you want me to teach me through this? And that very act will begin to change the way you're looking at your problem as, not just a problem, but an opportunity for you to grow. When we go through difficulties and challenges, it's God's way of saying, all right, can you grow through this? Can you grow beyond that pain that you have? And here's the thing when it comes to faith. God says you know, the way he rewards us for doing a good job, you know how he does it? He gives us a harder job because he knows he can trust us with it. All right, you've done a good job with that, with that job. Here's a harder job. And that process keeps going on. And it's not something we should run from because every job he gives us means we can impact more people. We can help more around us. But if we say, no, no, this is, this is my pain, that's it, I'm, I'm not, it's too much to deal with, I don't want to do, do this. God has you where he has you for a purpose and a reason. So instead of saying, God, get me out of it, would you be in to pray, God, what do you want me to get out of this? What do you want to do in me through this? How do you want to help me with this? This is really difficult. It's not fun, it's not easy, but God, I want, I want to join you in this story. If you read scriptures, looking at the people that God, took, in fact, Hebrews 11, it talks about all these people by faith, they did all these things. Some trusted him to build an ark. Some trusted him to leave their their homeland to go into a foreign land. Some trusted him with their life that they sacrificed and they died on crosses and they died um, being being sacrificed to animals because they were taking a message that was beyond them. It's like they came out of the tent and said, Oh, wow, God is pretty amazing. He has all this freedom. He has all this great stuff for us. I'm going to join him in this story. And they came outside of the tent. It says, because of their faith, man, we can look and we can celebrate and say, I can get to those things. I promise you, whatever you're going through, somebody has already gone through that, and a lot of times even something harder. This man in the story, uh, I think his brother was Ryan, and his name was Chad. His brother dies giving part of his liver to him. Man, that's a hard thing to deal with. I don't, I don't know about you, but my hard things, they pale in comparison to something like that. And this man is saying, "How can I use my life now to honor my brother and to honor God and to, to help his family, help my family?" And in the middle of that, he's trusting and saying, "There, the element of faith that we have to just believe that God is leading us and guiding us. He's helping us get out of our tent." See, because there there has to be areas in our lives that we need to trust God, and areas of our lives that requires faith. Why? Because that's what relationships all about. The way we you grow a stronger marriage is you go through difficult times. And you, you push through. And you don't give up when it's difficult. That's how you grow a stronger marriage. You don't give up. You keep going and keep going. That's how you become better parents. You go through something difficult and you love your kid through it all. And they realize, oh wow, my parents really do love me. They really do know something. <laughs> right? That's part of the journey is we don't give up. We, we, there's an element that, there has to be an element of faith in our lives. Because those, those areas challenge us to grow and they challenge us to become better. They challenge you to become who God wants you to be. so, James says, when you're going through something difficulty, don't consider this as a bad thing. But in the middle of it, would you say, God, in the middle of this, what do you want me to learn from this? Taste and see that the Lord is good. This week, you know, as, as you leave, you're welcome to get some more Krispy Kreme donuts. You're welcome to get some Cokes. Those all taste good. But, but David is telling us there's something way better than the best things that this, this life can offer. Because even those things are still ten- things. They're temporary. They're going to go away. And it doesn't matter how big your tent is, a tent is still a tent. And God says, would you get outside the tent mentality, and come out and look into the great, great wide open and say, God, I want to be part of what you're doing in this world. Because when we partner with him, that story goes on forever. If you only live for the tent, the tent dies with you. The money, the success, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't take it with you. It dies. It goes away. It stays here. But what we do for the kingdom of God and for God, it goes on forever and ever. I think it's something worth giving your life to, and something worth saying, all right, I'm at least going to investigate this. I'm going to look into what this means for my future, how I should organize my life and order my life around, around faith and around believing in what God has for me. So here's, my, here's our challenge for you, all right? When you face challenges, because you will, when you face challenges, ask God what he wants you to learn from it and what he wants you to do in it. And that will begin to change you from being a victim to being a victor. From being somebody who's saying, oh man, why me all the time? To saying, all right, God, what do you want me to get out of this? Man, why me? This is great. As a problem to an opportunity. As something that is bad to something that is actually good for you because you can grow, your faith can grow, it can expand. Whatever it is he's asking you to step out and do, just do it because you'll grow, your faith will grow. Man, my hands are all sticky. I need, a, I need a napkin. Is there a napkin in this tent? <laughs> Thanks, man. Gotcha. Okay. I'll see it. <laughs> save those, save a piece of that for later. So today, this is where I want to kind of end. Alright. Each week, we give an opportunity for people to actually step out of the tent. And what's great is every single week, somebody has stepped out of the tent and said, All right. I've lived too long for myself. My story is too... This has been too small of a story. I want to step out. I want to live for God. Now, I mean a couple of things for you. Today, if you're new to church, that would mean that you would actually put your faith in God, which means you have to believe there is a God who loves us. For others, that means you have to step out of the tent that has been so safe for you. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your security. Whatever it is, you step outside and say, all right, I'm going to trust God for something larger than me. Many of us... All of us, sometimes I retreat to the tent because it's it's more, it's comfortable. It's not, there's no faith required. It's just, it is what it is. But living outside the tent is so much greater and better than living in a tent. And so today, if you're here today, can can I tell you, putting your faith in God is the greatest thing you can do on this earth because he'll begin to reveal to you why he created you in the first place. You can find purpose. You can find meaning. You can find life. And in the middle of the challenges, he'll show up and say, all right, let's learn from this. Let's grow from this. Let's make this better. So if you're here today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a little bit that just says, God, I invite you to be Lord in my life. God, I invite you to help me follow you. The Bible says that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. It says if we believe that he died on that cross for our sins, for forgiveness of sins, we can be forgiven of our sins. It means our our past and all the wrong we've done, he takes it and he throws it far away from us. It's erased. It's gone in his eyes. And like Abraham, we have right standing with God. Why? Because we believed that God said who he is. And we take this step of faith saying, God, I trust you. I trust my life to you and with you. And then it's a journey that we begin to leave the past behind and we begin to walk towards him. So do me a favor. You're here today. Would everybody close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're here today and there's something that's been said that's just saying you need to do this. You need to step out in faith. You need to give your life to God and stop living in the tent. Would you raise your hand and let me lead you in a prayer? Say, I need that. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Today you want to turn your life over and say, God, I need your help. I want your help. Awesome. I want to get out of the tent. I want to live for something larger than myself. Awesome. For you that raise your hand. Some of you, I believe this is the first time that you are doing this, saying, Alright, I'm gonna step out like you're having just trust God. It's awesome, it's beautiful. For you, some of you that raise your hand, you might be saying, Alright, I believe in God. I, I just want to go to another level. I wanna I want to believe in Him more. I want to get out of the tent that I've been getting in too often. If you're the second person, you don't need me to lead you in a prayer. You just need to pray and say, God, I, I step out of the tent today. You can still pray the prayer with me, but I'm telling you, every day you can get out and say, God, I want to get out of the tent. I want to follow you. I want to lead you. For you that raise your hand and says, God, I invite you to be my, my, my God, would you pray this prayer with me? All right, just repeat it after me. Everybody else, would you join in to encourage those that raise their hands? Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for living inside the tent for too long. I want to step out in faith and see the world like you see it. Would you show me a vision for my future? Would you help me to see the greatness that you want to do through me and in me? I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe that you're alive today and you have good plans for my life. Today I confess that you are my Lord and I will follow you. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you help me? I invite you today into my life. Help me to see challenges as opportunities to grow. Help me to see the challenges I face the way you see them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen awesome for all you that raise your hand we celebrate with you it is a great decision that you made and we're so thrilled if you, if you pray that prayer we have a gift for you or, or if you're here today and you just need you need resources and help we have some free bibles out there you can pick up and take with you all right grab a bible we also have a book it's called 10 steps towards christ if you want to learn more about what this journey looks like this journey of faith then it's a great place to start we're also here to answer questions and pray for you so make sure you, you as you leave, that you would uh, pick up those resources and just um, be able to um, continue to grow in your faith. Remember, it's a journey. One prayer, and that, that's part of the knowledge, it's part of the experience. But God wants you more, give you more, and wants you to lead you on this journey. Alright, Water baptism is one of the first steps we encourage you to take by saying, identify something on the outside with what's happening on the inside. I want, I want the world to know that I'm going to make God my Lord and follow Him. This baptism is beautiful. Right, being part of groups, being part of the church, man, come faithfully, come next week, come and learn, be ready to grow and learn. All right.